You are listening to the Grace Church Podcast. To learn more about Grace, including our gathering times, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Tommy Jones. We are, we are devoted to excellence in this room. We want it to be, you're like, and they hired you. <laughs> in other places, we're devoted to excellence. Like, we, we want this to be an experience for you, and people work hard for it. And we don't work hard, I mean, the lights and, and, the, and the volunteers and all the, none of it's about making us famous. I hope you know that by now. We don't care about that. What we care about is making famous the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. We believe that everyone needs Jesus and everyone is our responsibility. That is the core why behind everything we do is because we believe that everyone needs Jesus and everyone who needs Jesus is our responsibility. So that's why we do it. That's why we're here. That's why we exist. Uh, is to be a place where people feel welcome to come in, to create a place where people feel wanted to come, to create a place where people can come just as they are, right? We want to be a place where people come just as they are, but where people come just as they are and they experience transformation. We want to create a place where people can come together and share the truth about what's really going on in their life and find real healing from people who get it. So that's what we're doing. I mean, we, we, have, we have these core values that we have, and, and they're sort of how we pursue this goal of, of everyone needs Jesus and everyone's our responsibility. And, we, and so we sort of center a lot of things around five words. And the words are growing, knowing, giving, serving, and praising. Growing, knowing, giving, serving. Growing. Growing is growing in your knowledge of God. Uh, next week we start a, a series in here, and you'll be meeting your small groups. It'll be nine weeks on the book of John. And we will grow in our knowledge. By the way, John is an amazing book. If you're new to church and you've never really kind of gone, John is an amazing place to start. So we're going to spend nine weeks growing in our knowledge of God. We're devoted to knowing. My hope is that you'll sign up for a connect group so that you can be known by God. There is great value in someone knowing the truth about you. Not your Sunday school truth. Not, you know, how you doing? I'm fine. You're fine. Fine, fine, fine. Everybody's always fine at church. We call it fine church because everybody's fine. Right? Not that, like the truth. And you can tell me you're fine, but there needs to be somebody you tell the truth to, right? And so we want people to be in groups where they're known, where you know people and where other people know you. And we believe when people are growing and knowing that giving and serving are automatic outputs of that. People are always like, hey, let's do a fundraiser for this and that. I don't really like doing fundraisers. I like fundraisers, F-U-N. I enjoy those. We don't really like doing fundraisers. I believe what should happen is we should just have the resources to put them wherever we need them. We want to send missionaries. We should have the resources to do it. We want to help a lady with a, get a single mom a car. We should have the resources. We shouldn't have to do a fundraiser for everything. When people are growing and knowing, there should just be the money in the bank to do the things we need to do in this community. And let me tell you, right now, by the grace of God, that's happening. We're able to do those things. It's amazing, man. It's fun. Growing, knowing, giving, serving, and praising. We want to be a place where people are committed to praising God. That's why we put such an emphasis on worship. You know, it's, it's why we care so much. It's why we, the songs and the way, because we want you guys set free to praise God. And everyone worships God in their own way, and we respect that. But our hope is that when someone walks into this place for the first time, what they don't see is a bunch of people who look bored. I don't want them to walk in and go, oh, is this the library? I didn't... I mean, I want people to come in and go, wow, these folks love Jesus. Like there is something going on in this room and I want a part of it. So my hope is that when we're growing and knowing and giving and serving, that praising is just happening. When someone walks in, they go, man, there's something different about this place. And so why does it matter if you join a connect group? It matters 
you get connected and then you grow and know and give and serve and praise. And maybe you're in the room and you're thinking, I don't need that. I'm fine. Me and Jesus are good. I don't need any groups. Don't need no, bye, 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 whatever. I'll sit in my deer stand and worship Jesus right there. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> but let me tell you a secret. And I, I say this frequently so everyone lean in because I don't want this to leave the room. Y'all ready? It's not just about you. That's always the secret. That's always the answer. Anytime I do that, that's what I'm going to say. It's not just, you may not need in your mind, you may not think you need a connect group. You may not think you need to grow and know and give and serve, but it's not just about you. When we become a church of healed people, that's how we heal people. We become a church of freed people. That's how we free people. It, it's, it's what happens in these groups has the potential to spill out into the community and actually change lives in a miraculous way. Man, guys, if we are committed to becoming what we should become in here, then it'll spill out and we will win souls out there in a way you cannot imagine. And I could just sit here and tell you stories about that, but I'm going to do something more fun today. Today, I want to introduce you guys to a living, breathing representation of what happens when this church commits to becoming the place we should be and when we don't give up on people. I want to introduce you guys to my best friend, Dave Vancura. David, come on up here, buddy. Yeah, so David is, uh, give him a little introduction here. David and I have been, he's one of my what, four or five best buddies in my life since ninth grade. Um, when I went to a new school, I knew no one, and my parents prayed that I would meet friends who would, you know, love Jesus and lead me in the right direction. And instead I met you on the, <laughs> on the first day. And he was the very first friend I had at a new school. And um, David and I have experienced a lot of life together, and, um, but nothing like what we're experiencing now. And so, David, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're here. I appreciate you being willing glad to, to be do here. this. And uh, if you would, just share a little bit about sort of... Um, Share a little bit about what your life used to be, what your life was like before Jesus. I sure will. But uh, first, I want to give a shout out to the worship band. I have been traveling around churches for the past six months and speaking in a lot of them. And I just want to say, y'all got to realize y'all are blessed. Amen. And, and don't, don't feel bad about that. Yeah. Because you're a pretty good pastor. <laughs> Thank you. But your worship band Well, they're is okay. But the, I none. think it's the preaching that really brings people <laughs> in. <laughs> I mean, I... You know. Again, my name is David Vancura. Um, Going to dive into the past a little bit. Um, I, man, I, he could probably tell the first half of my testimony because he was right there with me. But uh, fortunate for him, he he found God in a better way to live a lot a lot sooner than I did. Uh, like and the normal, I guess a lot of kids started drinking in high school progressed uh, quickly to marijuana, and I was always a step ahead of the group, you know, when they were drinking, I was smoking weed. When a few of them started smoking weed, I was doing cocaine, and I'll just say this, uh, there wasn't a drug I didn't like. Every drug that I tried, I pretty much immediately fell in love with that. Um, opiates became my drug of choice, um, and I have been a Started my opiate addiction in 2005, and have been clean now for a year. So that Amen. was a 17-year addiction, and uh, it, it went from the pills to heroin, and what what now is most of you know is uh, fentanyl, and it's killing people left and right. Um, 
I was involved in all sorts of crime. I started off booking bets. Um, I was a had, I was a bookie for about ten years. Gained a lot uh, at a young age. Had the house, the BMWs, all the toys. Uh, constantly trying to fill what we all know is that God-sized hole with yeah. things of the world. And um, you know, and it, the crimes. Uh, Quickly escalated. I, I've done it all. I'm, I'm not going to dive into it too deep, but I mean, you think it, I've probably done it. I've stolen cars, uh, broken into pharmacies, robbed pharmacies. I, I, I've done it all. All this led to many trips to prison, and you can flash the screen if you want. Uh, been in and out of prison. The better part of the life. I spent more time in prison the past seven years than out. Uh, that's one page of my charges. Um, you can do the mug shots if you want. In and out for the past seven years. Started at a young age. You can see it kind of progressed. Um, last, this is um, finally. I don't, you know, I'll say this, God is sovereign, and he, uh, looking back, I know he had his hand on me the whole time, um, and I don't know why I came to church here a year ago. I've always run from church because, you know, anything that was going to get in the way with my own self-obsessed, immoral, drug-fueled lifestyle, I didn't want to have anything to do with it. It was all I ever knew, but something led me here. I don't know what it was. I was in bad shape. Tommy's parents, Linda and Bobby, uh, you know, just showed a tremendous amount of grace, invited me home with them. I still had some legal problems. I took one more uh, trip to prison for a parole violation. I got out, and then I went to a place, uh, which I am in phase two of the program part now. It's called Renewal Ranch. And I'm going to be honest, like, I... You know, the fear of prison is taken away after the first time you go. You become comfortable with it, or I did. And that was just kind of the way it, it became comfortable to me. I thought I was either going to either die in the streets or in prison. And at that point in my life, my thinking, like, I, I was okay with that. Um, real nervous going to Renewal Ranch. Didn't know what to expect. And this is where this church family really came through because... Before God got a hold of my heart, I was receiving cards from this congregation, most from people I didn't know. I could have a stack of cards at home this high. And it took all the, the love that this congregation uh, showed me. It took every bit of that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it kept me still until God got a hold of my heart. But there was this one night... I was still communicating with the next girlfriend, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to leave. And little side note, that same girlfriend that I was going to, ex-girlfriend that I was going to leave, she just passed away two months ago from an overdose. Um, had my bags packed. I had scaled the side, of, the side of the building, realized there were no cameras. We had a, a truck there we used to transport the trash back and forth, and I realized, yeah, we don't, I don't have the keys to just start this. So I'm going to jump in this truck. And I'm going to Little Rock, jump right back in my mess. My mind was made up. Bags are packed. I go to grab my wallet off the uh, dresser, 
and a note from Tommy's daughter, which I still have. Hold that real quick. It was sticking out of my wallet. And just as I'm about to leave, uh, I see the note, I open it up and read it. I'm going to read it to you all. We know you've had trouble in the past and want to fix it. Don't think you are on your own. We are here with you in this together side by side. We know you, we are there, we care, we trust. We love you and your progress, you are the best. And that note right there set me right back down. So when I say it, it took every bit of the love that this church family showed me, it took every bit. And that note, when I read that, it literally set me right back down, and that was kind of the turning point. Like, I'd always, for whatever reason, had this false sense of pride and just didn't want to just completely surrender. But that night, after reading that note, I surrendered, and I'm going to be honest, it, there was no immediate, like, feeling I got that I was saved and I spent the next 10 days on my knees just begging, you know, God, just show me something. Come into my life. I'm surrendering it all to you. And, um, you know, I guess 10 days, or two weeks maybe after that, I just started realizing things were changing. Uh, Galatians 5, 22, 23 talks about the fruit of the Spirit, like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I started experiencing some of those. Uh, what really stood out to me was just the, the peace I felt in my life. You know, I, my life was always full of chaos. I was addicted to that. But I had finally started really experiencing peace, and you can't put a price tag on that. Um, Ephesians... 2, 8, 9, and 10 is, uh, For by grace we have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, but a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And I'm a, I, I, I stand here today as a believer, like salvation is a supernatural event. It's literally a miracle from God. And I was always trying to change things, like what do I need to do or what can I do? And, and it's, it's a, literally a gift from God. Like he doesn't need my ability, he just needs me to be available. And that's something I realized. So, David, tell them, uh, you shared a story with me about when I came to see you uh, in, in, in jail. And you sort of thought everything that I was talking about was a little insane. Yeah. Uh, one of my trips to prison, I was in jail waiting to go. Uh, separated from everybody in my life. They were tired of seeing me bumping my head over and over again. And uh, I'm on one side of the glass, he's on the other, and he, he's like, you know why I keep coming to visit you and putting money on your books and this, that, and the other? And he, he, he said, it's because I love Jesus. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says, the person without the Spirit uh, does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness, because they are only discerned through the Spirit. And that's what I thought it was. I thought it was crazy. I didn't... I didn't get it, uh, and that was my thinking at the time, like, he's crazy. Now, keep in mind, in 30 short minutes, I'm going to be transported back to my jail cell where I'm waiting to go to prison. He's going to be getting his car to go home to his family, but he's the crazy guy. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was my thinking at the time, but 
I think when you're truly saved, all those things that seem foolish, like the church, the things that he said, it all starts to make sense. You know, I now realize he wasn't doing anything out of himself. It was what he was called to do. I didn't understand that at the time. And, you know, that goes for this whole church family. I mean, y'all have shown me love, and it just kept me grounded, and I'm now experiencing real life. Yeah, I love it. David and I share a belief that we are one Friday night away from our old life. Um, that, and I know who I was, and he knows who I was far more than, than any of you guys, but um, that we're one Friday night away from being right back where we were. And I think there's something powerful in holding that belief that, that it's only by the grace of God that I am sustained in, in this life. But tell us some of the things you're committed to now daily that help you sort of keep that daily walk with God. Because, I mean, fear of consequences never was your thing. No. I can testify to that. <laughs> Wasn't mine either. <laughs> well, the fact that I know I'm one Friday night from being right back where I was is uh, something that I know so that kind of keeps me grounded. Another thing, uh, I was writing down the other day just all the people I've lost in my life to uh, heroin and fentanyl, and 26 like real friends, two of those were murdered, two were car wrecks, one was suicide, but 21 people have died, and these are real friends from wow. fentanyl overdoses. Pictures in my phone of uh, friends that you know, I'm the only one left. Uh, I mean, it's, it's killing people left and right. And it's not the broke down person pushing the grocery cart down the street. It's the person you least expect. But things I do to keep me grounded, like one thing that I really concentrate on is my thought life. Uh, our minds, you know, what I've found out is basically the control tower of our life. And what I realized is I, I had become it, it was a result of everything I'd been thinking through all these years. So, you know, Philippians 4.8 talks about your thought life. Anything that is pure, good, lovely, admirable, think about such things. Anything that is uh, praiseworthy. I wasn't thinking about those type of things. What? Yeah, that, so <laughs> Come on. I try to take, when I have a bad thought come in my mind, which is quite often, I try to be mindful of it. And it's your phone. You want to grab it for me? Do you need it? No, I'm kidding. Uh <laughs> Been serving you for the last 20 years. <laughs> the Bible says, uh, I think it's one of Paul's letters, I believe it's Corinthians, but take every thought captive, make it obedient to Christ. So I just try to be mindful of those things because those thoughts come, man, yeah. a lot. And I, I just try to be aware of those thoughts, you know. Things. Let me interject here something, too, by the way. Have, have y'all picked up on the amount of scripture this dude has committed to memory? <laughs> yeah, like, you want to know how to keep your mind right? He has more, I, I, more scripture committed to memory than I would say 99% of the people who've sat in church their whole life thinking they're perfect. Uh, he has, it, it is, in, like I will talk to him, he'll be like, have you read blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, well, yeah, of course I have, you know. <laughs> I'm the pastor. <laughs> but it's amazing, man. I mean, that, that's, that's you. T tell me this, David. Yeah. Tell me what it feels like, because I, I know I have a story like this, but for you, what does it feel like to know that those pictures we just showed, that, that, that those are dead men? Those guys, that's not, and what's it feel like to be forgiven put, in this new uh, life? Put those pictures back up real quick. Quickly, though, let's not keep it up too long. <laughs> a little story behind this one. Uh, I don't know if you can see the black eye, but if the police get behind you and start flashing your lights, it's best to, they like you to pull over in a timely <laughs> fashion, so. 
Um, I mean, I, I was, I, for years, just been dead. Dead. I mean, my heart's been regenerated, and regeneration, the definition of that, that I know is uh, supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, granting spiritual life to dead sinners. And I'm alive today. Yeah, um, I, I knew this, I knew this dude. Um, and I can honestly say you're not that guy. You're not that guy today. Yeah. And uh, just the, the peace in you and the, the change in you and just, I mean, you're still, you know, it, it's people, people, we're, we're new people, right? We're new creations. Like, you'll still laugh if I trip. So it's not like you're, I mean, you still have that kind of thing going on. We still have that. But there's, the, it's like God has completely renewed your heart to make you into a, into a, new, a new creation. Sanctification is a lifelong process. And, yeah. man, my, my, my goal today is just to keep growing in God, yeah. stay focused on Him. I mean, I, I'm by no means perfect. I still slip. Um, but I just try to, you know, keep my mind on Him, yeah. keep moving forward. Well, answer one more question for me. Sure. Why are you alive? What's your purpose? I mean, because honestly, you should be a statistic, right? You, uh, you should be number 27. There's no doubt. Um, how many times have they narcan you back? I mean, why, why are you here today? What is your purpose in the world today? I had a, one of... I had a root. I've had a bunch of overdoses. Um, one, I rem, uh, doctor came in one day, and they had kept me for three days. That's how you know it's bad, because you get a gunshot wound, they're patching you up, sending you right out the door. But couldn't remember my name for about two days, and the doctor came in. He was like, "Mr. Van Curie, do you realize this is the twelfth time you've been brought to Baptist for an overdose?" That's one hospital. I've been to many, but it's only by the grace of God I'm here. My purpose today. Um, it's just to keep growing in God. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, the greatest commandment in the Bible is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love others. And if my testimony can be a help to others, I, I, my purpose, I would love to help people along the way. Amen. Give it up for my friend David, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Um, ben, y'all can come on back up whenever you want to. I, I, I just want to say this, guys. It matters. Um, what we do matters. Uh, there's a why in this world, and it's not growing big churches, and it's, it's not making our name famous, and it's, it's not even just you. There's a why in this world. And not everyone has, has experienced heroin. We've all had some sort of brokenness inside of us. We've all had this, this thing, this pride, this addiction, this thing that has tried to rob life from us. Every single one of us should love the story of the prodigal son. Because when he comes home to the father, the father's arms are wide open. And that should be the image of what church is. Church should be the image of the father with arms wide open, ready to forgive the son, no matter where he's been and what he's done. And if we can't get that right, we will fail in this world. But if we do get it right, then we'll win. We won't win them all, but we win this one. We don't win them all, but we'll win some. And so today, as we, as we sing this final song, um, celebrate, man. Celebrate. There should be more celebration for the one than there are the 99. Uh, he was lost, and now he's found. Thank you, God. You're good. Amen. If you are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. And again, thanks for listening to the Grace Church Podcast.